Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are here on a Thursday, Grist Thursday, 93.7 The Ticket, old school, brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese, special ingredients and butcher shop located at 84th and Havelock. If you listen on the crossover, East Strick got hooked up with some uh, summer sausage and some uh, nice little crackers and stuff. It's on and popping. Kenny added. You, 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 do you sign off on it, Kenny? I sign off on, on the meat, but on the meat? I just need some regular base, yeah, he, regular he, crackers. Kenny, I can't Kenny said he needs some saltines or some rich crackers. I don't need some fancy crackers. And, and he, needs a, he needs a Fanta or something, and we need to kick back <laughs> and, and kick it, man. And, but uh, we talked a little bit of a quarterback change, and I thought it would be uh, a good first segment to talk about all these teams in the Big Ten West because I think it's interesting with the Big Ten um, right now. You know, obviously on the other side, I think it's obviously Michigan and Ohio State, Penn State right below them, mm-hmm. and then you could throw in the Maryland's and Michigan State. So that's kind of always set in, set in stone. But I think as far as the Big Ten West, with Purdue winning it last year, and even Nebraska being in the hunt all the way up until like the, what, the last two weeks, you had Minnesota that up and after the Michigan State game, up until Ibrahim um, got hurt, they were the foregone conclusion. They were talking about them maybe upsetting, you know, one of the teams out of the East. They slid a little bit. Illinois had their Illinois had their 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 run. Iowa was essentially headed to the Big Ten championship if Nebraska then you know knock them off. knock them off, which was phenomenal. <clears throat> then Wisconsin and Nebraska. So Northwestern was obviously the bottom feeders. They got a lot of work to do. But I think the thing that's unique was the amount of turnovers and coaches, right? whether it's coordinators, head coaches, or both and vice versa. Because when you look at Purdue, right, you lose your – essentially your ultimate equalizer. Brom and O'Connell, the quarterback, or just say Brom to being able to, you know, obviously cause problems because he's an outlier with all the teams in the Big Ten West. They're mm-hmm. a throw-first team, even though they are more physical than people think. Minnesota, they finally – Tanner Morgan has used up all 18 years of his, <laughs> his, his eligibility. He is gone. Along with Ibrahim, so there is a turning or changing of the guard there, even though they have a young quarterback. Then Illinois, right? Their quarterback comes back, but Chase Brown is gone, who had a phenomenal year. Yes. One of the top running backs in the nation, definitely one of the top in, in the Big Ten, and he's going to look on to go to the NFL. And then you have Iowa. You have turmoil within the building. OC, the, taking, OC, a pay cut OC taking a pay cut. On a one-year deal. Both quarterbacks gone from last year. <clears throat> Get Michigan's quarterback in the transfer portal. Running back by committee. Um, and do they change their identity? So there is, so there is some, you know, because Kurt Ferentz is going to do something else. Even though, even if you get even if you even you know even though we got McNamara, mm-hmm. you you're going to have to open up the playbook because the offensive line isn't as dominant as in years past. But they have two really good tight ends. Then you have Wisconsin, which is the most interesting, right? Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. But even before that, 
when Jim Leonard took over, they opened up the offense. Yep. But they do have the bell cow and Braylon Allen who got finally looked like he had a chink in his arm, sophomore slump or whatever. He still had over a G. Offensive line, Graham Mertz is gone. They brought in four quarterbacks, I think, in the transfer portal. Now you have a new coach, a new offensive system that he is saying we are going to be more of a spread type of offense. That also affects the defense, right? Because then now you got to play defense differently. Then there's Nebraska. New everything. You got to new everything all the way down to probably, you know, who checking tickets and turn off the lights. No, okay, so th- that's totally different. And then Northwestern, right? A new defensive coordinator. They're changing the offense offensively. Their their number one running back, number twenty six, is gone. He's a senior. Well, I'm just saying he's gone, right? He, but yeah, look. Jeez. But against us, boy, he yeah. looked. He, I mean, he looked like Eric Dickerson against us. He looked like he was. He, he looked like he was pumped up on his energy. Larry Zonka. He was like Larry Zonka. <clears throat> But he redhead kingpin though. He, he, he yeah, you know he he uh, redhead kingpin. So again, but then Northwestern has an identity change that they're going to have as well. Mm-hmm. That's every single team in the Big Ten West. Just off the top of your head, just thinking. Obviously, you have more in you know firsthand experience being down there and seeing them. What team do you think has the upper hand as they're going into spring ball to kind of? you know, jump out and take a stronghold of the Big Ten West. Because I think, really, whoever can get out in those first four to six weeks will have the ability to kind of have a lead and either limp home or really just smooth their way in. I'm going to say Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yep. Fickle. Yeah. I'm going to say him. And then I'm I'm going to say Minnesota. Right. Because of – he's been there. Yeah. PJ's there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois – uh, Iowa, Purdue, Nebraska, Northwest. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think Purdue is going to take a step back. I think yeah. I think losing Brom is huge. Yes. And and I and I think it's going to take them a a little while because Purdue isn't overflowing with athletes, no. but I think Brom and their system made it equalized everything. So I think that's they're going to take a big step back. I think Northwestern. Will get a little bit better, but they just—they're just too far down, right? So they're going to have to—they're really starting over and finding a way to lessen the gap, right? And then when I look at Illinois, here's what—here's what, what the problem with Illinois that I have, right? Chase Brown was so good that he made that offensive line look a lot better than they were, mm-hmm. which made that defense be able to play at a different clip. I think they're going to take a step back. I think I, you saw the chink in their armor when Michigan State went there because something was missing to go to that next level with elite running back to where Michigan State went down. Michigan State w- went there after the fight with Michigan and go there and, and pretty much control the game from start to finish. So now you're showing a chink in your armor to take a next step, plus you're losing this guy. So I think that's a, a different identity change. The teams that the two teams that really I hate to say it, the two teams that really worry me are the two teams that I think people around here hate the most and they hate them for most different reasons. Iowa and Minnesota. Iowa I think because they settled in on a quarterback, a legit quarterback. Yes. A legit captain, a guy that's a leader, actually that can throw the ball and has been to, under the tutelage of Harbaugh who's a really good quarterback coach. Goes into Iowa, a team that wants him, that he will be their guy. Iowa went and got Iowa receivers out of the transfer portal, 
and they have two all Big Ten worthy tight ends. Two great tight ends. Two, yeah, two of them. And running back back committee. Right, yeah, and somebody essentially just will show their head, but they'll have two or three of them. But Iowa feeds off their defense. Right, which they lose Jack Campbell and Riley Moss. Yeah. But I think they're going to try to make up with off. But they scare me, though, because that centerpiece, mm-hmm. when you look at it, Minnesota, you don't, you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's going right? to do. Illinois, that guy is just a guy. Iowa, we just talked. Wisconsin, they got four. You got four quarterbacks. You ain't got one. Nebraska, we in a, we in it. Northwestern don't matter. Damn. Right. So I'm just keep, I'm just matter. I'm just keeping it real. keeping it one hundred. Right. So then Purdue, we, that dude's gone. So at the end of the day, they have that centerpiece, and they have a culture, and they have a playbook. Yes. To be successful in the Big Ten West, Minnesota scares me. Because of that dang offensive line and the way that defense has been. Uh, for the last two years, they've been top four in defense in the Big Ten. That's including everybody. Mm-hmm. And they're only getting better. They're bringing more guys back on defense than they are, obviously are on offense. And when you have an offensive line, you have a really good tight end. You're getting your number one and number two receivers back from being, inju- un, you know, being injured uh, from last year. And you have Potts, who – is another one of the – it seems like Minnesota, for whatever reason, they got 85 running backs. They went. They were down to their fifth running back, and he still was putting up 120 yards. That used to be us. Right. So that's what's scary to me is that they're able to do that along with a coach like P.J. Flex yes. that knows how to win those games. His kryptonite is Iowa. But those are the two teams that are scary to me. But guess what? We see them the first time. We see them on Thursday, Thursday night up there, right in, out the in, gate, in, right out the gate, right out the gate. So we're gonna see what you made of. That's what, but that's what you're here for. You don't come to Nebraska to play Louisiana Tech, preach, right? or South right. Alabama, North right. Alabama. Those North are stat, Those are those are games that you just put so much pressure on yourself to to get your stats up. So when McBride and 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 Darlington pull you out, you know, and you over there trying to get a hot trying dog. to get a hot dog. Yeah, man, you got to sit up there and, and you you know you know win it nine on seven. You know, T.O. gets you 200. You know what? First and foremost, happy birthday to T.O. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to the man, man. We, we're we going to talk about after in the second hour about when T.O. recruited you, you know, and what, what it was like. Because I didn't know who the heck he was until he came to my high school. <laughs> I, don't I, know, I don't know about you. I didn't know who he was. Well, I knew Nebraska because of Oklahoma, Nebraska. Right. I was a big I knew Oklahoma fan. I knew who he was. But, but it wasn't that big a deal. No, it wasn't because I was an Oklahoma fan. Right. You was trying, yeah. I was trying to go run the option. And I was trying to go to Miami, so I mean. So you wanted to get down there with the bros. Yeah, well, that's where all the whole family went. But T.O. <laughs> came you. in and sold me and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's a good uh, good start to the old school, man, about the Big Ten. I think it's going to be – I think there's a lot of opportunity there. There is. It wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska's in the hunt again. Um, I think they should be. Um, definitely think we should be able to make a bowl game. But I think as much as we talked about, the you know, whether it's Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois – they're still all beat. You're, you're not looking at an uphill battle. No. You're looking at the same. It's like, an even kill on the West. Right. On the West. Big and it's there West. for the taking. And it's there for the taking. And the way that Nebraska ended, I can't emphasize enough when you're coming in as a coach. And this is what I want to ask you, Kenny, and just from your experience. Obviously, you know, just yeah, this is just my opinion. I'm going to give you my opinion, and then you tell me whether I'm what most people think in outer space or just somewhere <laughs> in Lincoln. I'm saying this. The last seven or eight weeks of the season last year with, you know, Mickey Joseph, the head coach, Bill Bush, defensive coordinator, 
I don't know, I guess was Whipple calling plays? Was Whipple calling plays? Yes. Okay. Okay. You okay. after Kevin Lee's, you know I'm gonna ask you about that Rasmataz though. That last play he called. The last play he called at the University of Nebraska before he got on that plane to Arizona the next day. You know what the heck I'm talking about, Kenny. You know what I'm th- – don't try to act like you got uh, selective amnesia. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody shift, ready, break, just do snap. It was so bad, the dude from Iowa jumped outside. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Let's, let's you don't want to know the words I said on the sideline when you, I saw that. I you do not want to know the words I right. said on the sideline when I saw that. I want to know what your opinion is because I, I said the last seven, eight weeks of what, what, what the work that you guys did in the, in the I guess, on the – I'm going to say on the run, culture change, whatever you want to call it, redirecting the team, giving them a chance to be successful or whatever, simplifying whatever people want to say, in my opinion, s- makes the job easier moving forward and is a foundation part of the success that should be started next year. Now, success should be six wins or more, or you know, less than six wins. And here's why I say this: because I can I can assume that the work ethic was changed, the accountability was changed, the well, the excitement was there, and what you brought out of the players was there, and some of that is still ingrained in those players. So if I'm coming in trying to reform a team, it's hard to reform for me to a certain point. What's your opinion on that? Well, first and foremost, hats off to, to Coach Joseph right. and Bill Bush. Bill Bush was th- thrust into a situation where, you know, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to do it, but he didn't want to do it. But for him to get the defensive players to buy into what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it, well, you know, that's a compliment of him. Sure. Right, right, yeah. yeah. That's a testament to him. But what Mickey got the kids to do, that's a true testament to him. Right. And and when I say it was hard for some of those kids when when there was a coaching change, I want to say Bo from the transition from Bo to Riley. That was hard, yeah. That was hard. Yeah. But Scott to Mickey was harder. Mickey had just got here. Mickey was eight months if it, that. If that. He got here in February. Right? Yeah. No, January. Or January. Well, yeah, because yeah, he was on the, he was no, he December and then he, he yeah. Yeah, de- late December. Yeah. But he inherited a complete train wreck from top to bottom. You know, there was no no accountability. There was no – so for for him to get the kids to buy in what he tried to do and then to make it work on Saturday. Right. You know, that's, that's just – I mean, I, that's my guy. Right. And we had conversations every night, you know, and, you know, he was like, how am I going to get this – First thing I told him to do when he got appointed interim was call Coach Osborne. That's the, I went to my office, wrote it on a piece of paper, and put it on his desk. He was sitting in his office. I said, call T.O. Lean on him. This is your first stint. Lean on him. And yeah. he, he met with T.O. every Monday. It's amazing you said that, because especially because it's T.O.'s birthday. He met with him T.O.'s every Monday. Birthday. It's T.O.'s birthday. But yeah. he leaned on him for, for – Ten for weeks. Ten well, weeks. Yeah. Every Monday. And you know he would he would run the staff meetings right. and he would be to the point and he held coaches accountable. Right. He told you if your guys aren't playing well, that's on you. It's not on it's not on. See that's them. A Nick, that's that's a Nick Saban thing. If your guys aren't yeah. playing well, that's on you. I'm looking you in your eye and like you know what's going on. Right. So a lot of coaches were held accountable and responsible for their players 
from for ten weeks. Right. So yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Yeah, see that the first that first one in there. Strick no, Strick's in the background. Strick. I told the stories about when you came out there in the spring <laughs> last, last 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 yesterday. Day, yesterday, man. He went we, in on your street. We, we ain't gonna ask. We ain't, I was gonna have To call in, but man, we we got Thursday Thursday coming up next. Kevin Meyer here. He gonna crack it open, split it open. We are gonna get it busy here. We got Strick in here. We got Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman, and Austin. We got a full house in here, man. You know, so we doing the thing. So old school. We'll be back. Ninety three seven. The ticket.